Welcome to International Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. This episode made possible in part by Tempest, simplifying global payments in over 130 currencies. For more info, visit tempest-us.com. And now let's welcome our guests and your host for today's episode. Hey, everybody. This is Tom Rossland. I'm your moderator and host for the International Business Radio Show. This is our inaugural broadcast. We are so excited to be on the air. Got an exciting 30 minutes for you all. Um, I just give you a little quick background about who I am. I am an attorney. I've been with a law firm in Buckhead uh, in the Atlanta area for about 30 years. I'm a partner at Vodka, Ramsey Andrews, Wintergren and Wildstein. I'm the chairman emeritus, of the chairman emeritus of the Swedish American Chamber of Commerce. I'm also recently the honorary consul, appointed as honorary consul for the Kingdom of Sweden. And uh, I come by, naturally, my mother was from Sweden and my father was from Norway. We have as uh, our guest here, John Doyle, vice president at Tempest, uh, a foreign exchange and hedging operation that will help businesses with their interests and needs both here and overseas. We have Nadia Theodore, the Consul General of Canada, uh, and we have Shane Roebuck, uh, who is with Roebuck and Company. They are uh, in traders in 17th through 19th century antiques. Um, maybe we could just have a quick uh, just idea from each of the speakers here what they would like to share with the audience. Maybe, Nadia, you want to go first? Absolutely. So happy to be here for the inaugural podcast of the International Business Radio. Looking forward to talking about trade, NAFTA, and the Canada-U.S. relationship, in particular, the relationship between Georgia and Canada. That's great. And I have to just give a shout out to Nadia. She and I met back about six months ago when you were just here, newly newly arrived in Atlanta from Canada. And I'm just, I was newly appointed as honorary consul for Sweden. So we've been at our first launch six months ago and hope to continue more in the future. Absolutely. We have now also John Doyle. Uh, Would you like to just tell us a little bit what you you want to share? Sure. Um, Thank you for for having us. I'm happy to be here. Um, And I think what we're hoping to get uh, added today is to talk about how some of these international uh, things that Nadia works on with NAFTA, how that affects some of our clients in the international space. And in, in addition, Shane, who's our client as well, the importance of timing and other other aspects of the foreign currency um, market, which is the, the largest and the most liquid in the world, and how these, these things can affect uh, even the smallest part of a, of a business, how that can make a big, a big dent on their big bottom line if they're not hedging their uh, their, their exposure correctly. That's great. Shane, anything you want to add to that? Uh, I just would add that I, I think what I could contribute is uh, just my relationship with Tempest over the last, I think, dozen years or so, and uh, maybe speak a little bit about just um, what I do as far as importing uh, antiques into this market, which is basically the only thing I do is buy in Europe. So uh, Tempest has become very important to me, but um, I will just try to chime in when when uh, I find something I can contribute to. That's great. I, I don't know if there's any particular thing to lead off with, but Nadia, we just had the, the pleasure of hearing you speak at, uh, at a lunch event, um, and you were giving a wide-ranging, interesting discussion about Canada's role in the world and the current negotiations that are going on with NAFTA. Um, and so there's just so many things that occur to me that we could be talking about. We'd run past our 30 minutes in a heartbeat. But uh, the thing that occurs to me is, is you talked about um, North America as a block. Mm-hmm. And I think America, in the political conversation or economic discussion, we think of ourselves as a sort of a sole actor. And I thought it was brilliant the way you explained to uh, the audience that, you know, Europe 
treats themselves as a block. They negotiate as a block. So I would love to hear your thoughts about where NAFTA currently is, the negotiations involving Mexico and, and Canada and the U.S., and your thoughts on how that should proceed. Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly right. North America as an economic block has really had the opportunity to compete with the world and to compete and win with the world. And so when I talk about North America as an economic block, it's not to say that we all, each of us do not have our own sovereignty, which is, you know, important to all three of us. But it's really about understanding and accepting that if we trade together and trade vis-a-vis the world together as a block, we have the greater chance for our, our three economies to really win. And so NAFTA was negotiated really in order to create a North American block, a North American region, so that we can trade and win amongst ourselves, but also so that we could trade and win vis-a-vis the world. And so, you know, NAFTA's 25 years, almost 25 years old now. It's starting to show its age. Uh, the internet was not did not exist when when NAFTA was negotiated. There was no such thing as electronic commerce, uh, and so you know we all three countries. I will say I'll, I'll take the opportunity just 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 at the beginning to talk for all three countries. I think welcome the opportunity to modernize the agreement. We've had six rounds of negotiations since August, and the seventh negoti- round of negotiations is happening next week. And, you know, things are plugging along. I'm cautiously optimistic that we can come to an agreement that's really win-win-win for all three countries. That's great. And I guess this is a question maybe for the whole group. I was thinking about you, Nadia, and then also John. Just that next round that's going to be taking place in Mexico. What are you seeing, Nadia, maybe from a political perspective, economic perspective, uh, that you know, will be in the works? And then maybe, John, you could speak to what you're seeing in terms of market activity that correlates to that. Yeah, so round seven, you know, let me let me step back maybe. So in round six was really the way that I view it, the breakthrough round. It was really the round of negotiations where we started to have a conversation about some of the more difficult issues and areas in the negotiation. So, you know, we are talking about rules of origin for automobiles, very contentious. We are talking about uh, what we call a sunset clause, which was a proposal put forward by one of the parties that the agreement would come to an end after five years unless we renegotiated it all over again. And up until now, we really hadn't started to discuss those in any serious detail. And so in round six, we really started to get into that. And so I think that round seven in Mexico next week will really allow us to continue that conversation. We've made good progress on some of the sort of more technical issues. We've closed three chapters in the negotiations. But round seven will really be a continuation and another opportunity to really talk about some of the more difficult issues in in, in the negotiation. And how long does that round last? It's going to be a week. A week. Okay. And John, do you have any thoughts on how that ties to what you see? Absolutely. I mean, uh, we we follow your work fairly closely. Uh, I, during t- today's lunch, you talked a little bit about how some of the, the the drawbacks at the beginning were a little bit of the uncertainty that came with with uh, the political changes in our country and things like that, and that really affected uh, a lot of our clients who do a lot of business with Canada and and, uh, and Mexico, and obviously having ex- a foreign exchange risk in peso or or the loony, um, the, the Mexican peso, for instance, leading up and right after the election, lost and weakened to the, the, its weakest level ever. 
uh, on that uncertainty that perhaps uh, one of the world's largest economy may pull out of this, uh, try to pull out of this trade deal. So I think what we've seen is uh, through your good work, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, we've seen some of that uncertainty come off the no table. Pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are we're, we're counting on you. Um, just be have, having that 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 sense that that there is maybe going to be a, re- a return to, to normalcy, and that we will continue to be you know trading our big you know biggest trading partners or our our neighbors here uh, is something that's bringing a little bit more calm to at least the foreign currency markets in a in, in an environment where some of the other markets are are, are, are having some volatility to say the least. Yeah, and I mean, listen, I I am cautiously optimistic. And I mean, for people who actually are the businesses who export and import their goods, I mean, the price that they pay to have those goods enter the market is really about the bread and butter. I mean, and, 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 you know... um, you guys can 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 certainly uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but to me that is the bread and butter of why we do those these these negotiations, right? And so having the certainty of knowing that your product is facing either no tariff because it's getting preferential treatment under the agreement or is facing a reduced tariff because, well, under NAFTA now, I mean, all the tariffs are basically, you know, at at, at zero for the vast majority of, of, of products. That is important, right? It's important for the everyday business person, the everyday person that's that's importing their product into the United States from another country or looking to export their product from the United States to another country, um, and so yeah, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that we're gonna we're gonna see this through, um, and that the certainty that businesses need will be in place soon enough. And I appreciate that because from from where we sit, there's a number of things that that affect any currency pair, whether it be dollar euro, dollar pound, dollar Canadian, and a lot of the things that Shane and I talk about are you know un- unemployment numbers on Friday, or monetary policy, where interest rates are going to be, and those are very uh, those are usually pretty vanilla. If this, then this mm-hmm. is going to happen. And when you start entering you know, more geopolitical type risk into the market, whether it be a war or an election or something like potential United States withdrawing from NAFTA, right. something that big, that, that uncertainty can, can send the market in ways we maybe don't expect. And with clients who have exposure that out maybe a year into the future where they have a bill that they know they have to pay in a year, how how are they going to have any certainty that what are they going to pay? The price, for? exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is, of course, some of the services we provide. Uh, we can talk about that at, at, at another time. But that, that certainty that we're getting now, it seems, at least we can go back and more rely on normal things for us, like monetary policy and, and fundamental data. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Shane, do you, do you have uh, any exposure to... Um, uh, the, the foreign exchange market in terms of what you do and how does that affect you right now? Well, I don't... The NAFTA part uh, is not something I'm really dealing with, but I do... Because uh, I import everything from Europe. Um, so... Uh, but it's very volatile. And uh, John was just speaking about things, political things that happen. For instance, take Brexit. Um, shook everything up. Um, and, you know, the, the uh, pound was severely weakened. Um, the euro always is going to play off of that to some extent. So when I make a big purchase in Europe, I have um, sort of when he was speaking about uncertainty, I will wait if I can uh, to pay just based on what information is going to be coming out. Um, Or sometimes I have to pay right away because I know that something is going to get worse. Um, You just have a feeling or you know something's coming. Um, 
with this uncertainty in these different countries. So, uh, yes, it, it, it's something I definitely pay attention to. I don't watch the computer, but, um, you know, I, I stay abreast. But uh, with Tempest, it, the, the guys that work there and that cover me, um, particularly Shad Carpenter, um, he he's, keeps me very well informed. So it's a good relationship in that respect. Timing, timing is a big thing, I think. Definitely. And staying ahead of it, yeah. So I was going to ask Nadia, uh, just from your perspective, I know you've only been here in the Atlanta area for six months, so uh, you know, I know you have a long tenure ahead of you, a successful tenure, but if you're looking at what you would already perceive that makes Atlanta right for international business and what Canada's role in relationship to that is, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Atlanta... And, and, you know, much of all, I would say, frankly, all of Georgia, um, but especially Atlanta being, you know, the capital and the hub of business, is really, um, is, is really known around the world now as the place to do business. I mean, Atlanta has come leaps and bounds over the past, you know, 20 years in really showing the world what they have to offer. Um, and so for me, it's about Atlanta having the the workforce, the labor force, the skilled labor force across all different types of sectors. So not only advanced manufacturing, but fintech, the arts, the film industry. I mean, you name it, you can find the labor that you need here in Atlanta. That is what I have already found just being here for six months. Not only that, but... You know, southern hospitality is actually a real thing. Uh, I, you know, I said, I said to my, I said to my family, I actually sent them a note. You know, I was here for maybe four weeks, and I actually sent them a note to say, guys, southern hospitality is a real thing. I mean, you know, the fact that you can be here and be welcomed as if you were at home. I mean, I feel like I am in Ottawa. You know, I mean. Just the welcoming environment translates into a welcoming environment for business. Because if you think about it, businesses are people, right? I mean, you set up a business, you have your employees that move down here, that move their families down here, that need to put their kids in school. And so Atlanta has really developed... Um, a strong sense of community, a strong sense of welcoming people from all over the world, no matter what your race, religion, creed, etc. Uh, it is a place where you can set up business, where your employees can come and feel welcome. And, you know, in terms of Canadian interests, I mean, we are your best friend, partner and ally, right? We are your number one customer. Um, here here in Georgia, and we have a significant footprint of Canadian companies who have set up here, right? Even over the past three months, we've had over a billion dollars in investments um, from companies that have come here to do business in Georgia. So, you know, the Canadian interest in, in the market um, here in Georgia and here in Atlanta is significant and will only continue to grow as Atlanta becomes a hub for the film industry, for fintech, and for cybersecurity, naming only three of many. That's great. No, and, and I think also the state of Georgia, just a little plug, shout out to the Department of Economic Development. They do a great job. Uh, Absolutely. With the Consular Corps. And we just had uh, you know, a breakfast and a lunch event uh, this week. Absolutely. And uh, the state, you and I, I've done it before, but this will be your first time on the International VIP Tour. But Indeed. every year the state hosts the Consular Corps. 
and shows them different regions of the state and shows who the economic actors are, how Georgia differentiates itself. So you're, you and I will both be in for a treat uh, yeah, this year. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. They, they, uh, they know their business, that's for sure, the Georgia Economic Development folks. They're fantastic. It appears they're doing a good job because we can see in our business, we, we have clients all across the country, and we've seen a, an uptick for sure in business in the, in the South in general, but also especially in Atlanta. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So as far as, John, what you're seeing, the, the, how connected the markets are and the business flows, as we keep hearing the economy is getting better and better, right? And that's the expectation here in the southeast. What are you seeing in terms of the business activity in the, the exchange markets? Does that get reflected in volatility? If you look at the stock market, what's going on there? How does that translate into currency effects? Sure. Well, I mean, the, uh, there is generally a good correlation with global equities in general, with the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar is, is seen as a has long been seen as a safe haven currency. So, if, uh, it, during the big global uh, you know, turn, or downturn in two thousand eight two thousand nine, the dollar was a big beneficiary of that, and uh, and also with everything that happened in, in in Europe with Greece, and then after that with Brexit, the dollar had a a, a real good run. We've actually seen stocks take off. Uh, well, we've been on, on, on an up path for eight or nine years now, but especially the last year and a half. And a little bit different we've seen is the dollar actually lose some ground. Um, Shane can tell you the dollar lost about 15% versus the euro this year. And that had a little bit to do with the rest of the world kind of catching up to us. So we're, you know, we're the largest economy in the world. So we get, we, we, we cough, the world catches a cold, that kind of thing. And now they're, <laughs> now we we've been on the, on the path to recovery, and, and, and Europe and other countries are, are are right behind us. So they're playing catch up, and with that, that means that their monetary policy is coming along. The, our our U.S. Fed had been on on a rate increasing. Uh, we're going to continue to do that probably at least another three times this year. But now, on the other side of the pond, they're starting to get their monetary policy on a tightening path as well. So we've we've lost a little bit of that differential, and so that's why we've seen the dollar weaken a little bit. It's nothing to do with. Uh, poor economic data here. It's just, it's it, it's rosy across the world at, at the moment. So, Nadia, just for you, are you, do you have anything to offer no, on that? No, I was going to say, uh, that's funny because we often say in Canada that, you know, the United States coughs and Canada catches a cold. <laughs> so I, d- I didn't know that it was worldwide. <laughs> Perhaps I stole it from Canada. <laughs> that would be an American thing to do. Wouldn't it? <laughs> we welcome it. We welcome it. So, so, Nadia, I was just thinking, you know, when you're looking at the next round of the NAFTA negotiations and uh, the pace and the tone, can you just give a positive spin, perhaps, on what you're seeing and yeah. how things are proceeding? Yeah, I mean, you know, the pace of the negotiations is unprecedented. I mean, that is a fact. There's no way to, to sort of gloss over it that we are negotiating round after round at a pace that we have never done before. Um, And, you know, that has its pros and its cons, frankly. Um, You know, the pros are that people stay engaged. You know, there's there's no no time, no time to rest. Um, People need to be on their on their A game and 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 make sure that they come prepared and we don't lose momentum. That is for sure. Right. Um, Because we are meeting as negotiators uh, very often. Uh, and we have also a significant amount of ministerial engagement, which is also something different than than previous negotiations that I've been involved in. Um, but, you know, on, on the other side, on the flip side, going so quickly between rounds does mean that the uh, the work that you do at home 
with your stakeholders uh, and with your domestic industry um, doesn't happen as as much as we might like it to, to happen. And so, you know, I think that as we move forward um, through through the next rounds, there will have to be a little bit of, of rebalancing done in that regard. And, you know, maybe not, not slowing the pace down, but definitely taking some time uh, in between rounds to do the homework that we need to do um, back home as well. And I know you, you, you're, you're a modest person, but from what I understand, you actually have had the role uh, of being a negotiator, correct? Can you talk I, a little bit about that? Sh- sure. Ha- happy, happy to. Um, so I was the deputy chief negotiator for the Trans-Pacific Partnership Negotiation, now called the Comprehensive and Progressive Trans-Pacific <laughs> Partnership Agreement. Um, so I was one of two uh, deputy chief negotiators. We were an all-female leadership team. Um, you know, shout out to Kirsten Hillman, who is now actually our deputy ambassador in Washington. I love it. <laughs> She was the chief negotiator on, on the negotiation, and Danny Carrière was one of the other deputy chief negotiators, and I was the second deputy chief negotiator. And then I also worked on uh, the CETA, the Canada-EU Free Trade Agreement. Um, I worked on it actually at the very beginning when we were just getting started, uh, and then I left and I went to Geneva, had a baby, came back. It was still ongoing. Um, and I worked on it near the end and actually was the deputy chief negotiator during the conclusion of, of, of that, that negotiation as well. Yeah, so I have a little bit of experience at the negotiating table. Well, you could help the, the block, the NAFTA block, negotiate a better deal with the rest of the world. So that yeah. maybe is the next step, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, absolutely. Uh, John, did you have anything you want to share about just um, your exposure to FX and what you uh, believe is our, you know, relevant information for, for the marketplace? Yeah, and, and overall in FX, I think there's a, you know, a euro is a euro, right? Whether you, you get it from Goldman Sachs or, or Tempest or somebody like that. And I think uh, the market here in the United States is a little different than abroad. Uh, abroad, if you're, in, if you're in London and you're an international business and you have to uh, pay a billion euro, for instance, you're going to be using a specialist. And here in the United States, it's a little bit different. Uh, the, for the most part, the banks still get most of that, that business, and we're uh, kind of educating our clients to the fact that there is a, an alternative. And I'll let, I'll let Shane speak to, to more about how uh, a, a small you know, business that is only solely focused on one specific thing, uh, how we can do that pretty great, and, uh, and I, hope, I think we do do a good job of that. Um, yeah, well, as far as going to a bank versus to uh, a house like Tempest, um, I I with Tempest because I like the people there and I like the uh, the customer service and the experience that they that they bring. And frankly, when I go to my bank, for generally there's turnover and I, I, there's not that many people at my bank that I even know. Um, so. And and I get better rates going through Tempest, and um, like I said, certainly better attention. But I I think it all boils down to a relationship where you can uh, uh, feel comfortable and taken care of. So uh, that's sort of and I've I've been with Tempest for a dozen years, I think, and um, and I I just I wouldn't even consider going through my bank. So and I'm loyal to my bank. It's just that I, for for these sending wires and and. Uh, currency rates and things like that. I just think that uh, somebody that does this every day and does does only this is where I want to be uh, aligned. Yeah, and I think to, to just to add on that, I mean, every business owner has an un, un, unbelievable amount of different things that they're worried about. You know, Shane, you're on your buying trip, you're dealing with uh, your small, your small business, 
people paying you, things like that. So the FX part, I'm sure, is only a small sliver of your business. So if you're on the road, you always know you have you have Shad to give you a call and say, hey, well, yeah, I could, this is what's going on. If I have to buy something and send a wire transfer immediately, I just send an email from my phone, and um, it's taken care of. So, yeah, it works great. Maybe we're an extension of your business, Shane. I, I uh, need business cards, man. Uh, oh, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, isn't it funny how at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, you know, I'm in trade policy, trade negotiations, um, you know, whatever, no matter no matter what business you are in, it really boils down to the relationships. Absolutely. Right? It really boils down to knowing that, to, A, knowing the people and knowing that they will continuously be there. And it's the same thing in trade negotiations. We see each other time and time again and different fora. So the people that I was with were with me in Geneva at the World Trade Organization. You know, I saw them again when we were doing the TPP. They are now doing NAFTA. I mean, it's about the relationship and it's about building that relationship and having that relationship continue. I think that that's... uh, that's remarkable. Yeah. And to me, for me as an attorney, the best negotiations are the ones where you're straight up about what is most near and dear to you. Exactly. And if you're honest about that, uh, it makes it so much easier to know what the pressure points are and to get that de-escalated. Exactly. 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 Well, you spend 50 to 60 hours a week, depending on your job working, you might as well work with and for people who you like. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's a long chunk of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, this is sort of an open-ended question, but Nadia, not trying to put you on the spot, you're relatively new here in Atlanta, and I know you've got several more years uh, under your belt before um, you know you can write the uh, the end chapters of your experience here. But what would you think right now, looking forward, if you had the opportunity to say what it is that you would like to accomplish uh, professionally? Let's start with that. Okay. <laughs> well, so professionally, for me. You know, especially given my background, it's all about NAFTA all the time. Um, so, so for me professionally, when I am done here, I will say to myself, I succeeded. If I can honestly say that, you know, I reached every elected official in my state, so every senator and every congressperson who has a who has skin in the NAFTA game. Uh, to be able to say that they had the facts with regards to the to the negotiation, and they had the facts with regards to the agreement, um, and that they felt that they were making their decision as to where they go with NAFTA and with trade between Canada and the United States, they were making that being informed because that's my job, right? Is to educate and to inform our the elected officials here in the United States about the relationship between Canada and the United States and the trading benefits that we have, you know, between the two of us. So professionally, I'll say that that it'll be a win um, if if elected officials feel that they that they are knowledgeable and educated about how uh, how much Canada really is a friend, partner, neighbor, and ally. That sounds like a great plan. I look forward to hearing more about that, Shane. Can you tell us a little bit about how your business is uh, growing, how you see it growing, how it is growing for you here in Atlanta? Um, well, I've been I've been here for and in business here for 25 years, and uh, it it has continued to grow um, at a, at a good rate. Uh, as far as where I see it growing, well, we, actually, physically, we we're actually looking for another building right now because we need more space. Not only because we're buying more, but I mean, and that's good because we're selling more, but. Um, because such a large part of our uh, business has become photography, uh, you you would be surprised. But we do so much online, um, and so uh, even even with our clients that live here, 
they choose to look on a computer rather than get up and come in and see it. So our photographs have our photography, our website, um, our presence online, uh, Instagram, everything has to be it has to get better and better every every day. And so that's kind of a big part of us right now. And and again, the space we need is to set up an even larger photography studio. But um you know, it's just again about relationships. Uh, the way our business grows is if people talk about us. And so I, w- I hope that uh, it continues. Very good. Well, I, I think I just if there's any final comments, we just have a moment left. So if there's just a, anything else that anybody wants to share, I'm opening it up to the, the group here. I'm just happy to be here, and I'm happy that, uh, that Shane was able to make it. And you were so excellent this morning. I'm happy we got to get an extension. Thank you. And now that I know more about the, the you know what's going on with the NAFTA negotiations, I can... I can bring that back to D.C. and disseminate to our clients. And, and you had better. Some at ease. Yes. <laughs> may get a follow-up email. You but, had uh, better. And, and now that I know a Canadian, yes. I might even go north of the border. Ah, <laughs> we would welcome you with open I, arms. I'm going. I'm going to go. <laughs> you, you need to go. We'll talk. You have to give me the rundown. We'll talk. We'll talk. By the way, just, I, I'm just a full disclosure. I'm, I'm originally from New York, and I would agree with you, Nadia, that the Southern hospitality is real, it and is. it makes it all the difference in the world. So I'm so glad to be here. Me too. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel Networks, we want to thank our guests, sponsors, and you, the audience, for joining us on International Business Radio. This episode made possible in part by Tempest, simplifying global payments in over 130 currencies. For more info, visit tempest-us.com. We invite you to share the show using the social media links here and stay tuned for the next episode of International Business Radio. 